This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Oh, yes, indeed. A gee whizzy Wednesday here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Greg Waddell of the Field of 68. This is wood. This is wood I'm knocking on. Okay. Two and one. Two and one. Another winning week. 16, seven and one. So we continue to roll. But, um, you know, let me. Uh, let me get a little cultural lesson here for my boy G. Wizzy, first of all. South Louisiana on Mardi Gras Day, which was yesterday, okay? You're either at three places, all right? You're at the beach, you're at you're on the street at the parade, or you're on the slopes. I was at neither, okay? So I was digging into this really attractive card more than usual. What a great card, college basketball, uh, on this Tuesday night. Um and then I flip across a video, and my man is just town playing Justin Moore. Well, well, well. I look at they fall behind double digits. Moore scores twenty five, and I said, "What? What? What?" Well, 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 Greg Waddell, what the hell is going on, man? That kept that kept you from a a, a sweep, a three and zero night, but. Boy, right when you're about to, we're about to move on from Villanova, huh? Because I think the odds makers, we talked about this yesterday, the odds makers had caught up with them, you know, in their improved play. And with him, I mean, Providence minus three on Saturday at home? No, 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 no. Get five points to home field. Uh, Villanova's not two points better than Providence, okay? On a neutral field, a uh, neutral court, rather. Uh, but boy, Villanova in. Uh, he 25. What did they score? He scored like a third of their points last night, huh? Or, or more than a third. Yeah, it, I mean, it felt like he scored 100 points in the second half. He just reached his hand through my television screen and ripped my heart out is what he did. <laughs> not only was that my first of three picks on the night, that was like in every single play. Like, I, of course, I sprinkle a few parlays. You wheeled it. I'm not, I'm not telling people to go out and bet parlays, but you know I'm betting parlays, and every single one had save your money line. So, uh, yeah, brutal start. I, uh, I, I wish I had a better reason for why I am so skeptical of Villanova this year, but mostly it's just because I don't like seeing Rob Doster be right. And like a month ago <laughs> on After Dark, he was just adamant this team's going to be a problem down the stretch, and I'm rolling my eyes at him. I don't, they're good. They're obviously better with Justin Moore. Clearly, he was fantastic last night, but... Man, they're still playing the little Archie Diacono kid off the bench, and it's not his brother. It's the bad brother. Like, if he's playing 25 minutes a game at point guard, do I really have to take that team seriously? Last night, clearly I did, but I would argue that says a little more about Xavier, at least without Zach Fremantle. Like, they were just – 
some sloppy turnovers, handing the ball to Villanova, and Villanova is never going to make sloppy turnovers. Even well, if it, if it, coach, so. I, I do have to admit, though, um, I thought, you know, it, it, listen, buying these lines in, in when teams get on a roll, right, Texas Tech, I'm like, wait, they're still not giving them respect on this run right now. Teams playing above their overall resume or behind their over as, overall resume. Vanderbilt is another one tonight uh, that I like, okay? Uh, and it, it's got a big deal with being uh, Robbins in and out of the, of the roster as well. Um, but that was a short line last night for Xavier yeah, at home. And if Xavier had played their normal game, and even with Justin Moore, Villanova played, they're going to win now. I, you know, some people say uh, hedgings for trimmers or, you know, whatever. I, I, I sure got off, uh, took some, you know, Villanova plus seven and a half in game, you know. So um, it, it's, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it was an outlier, I will see. But Villanova is improved, but I think a little overreaction, and it comes to branding. And, I mean, who, who's got, I'm watching it with a sports book last night with Villanova and Xavier. I said, well, this team's won three national titles and going to three or four more Final Fours. Xavier's never been to one. So still, even though Xavier's much better this year, the branding and those help uh, influence the lines a lot is much more on Villanova. You know, Bruce Marshall and I have the goal sheet yesterday, Greg, uh, before we get to your three picks. Um, we were talking about guys in and out of the lineups and impacts. You know, Castleton was a guy that we got all over against uh, with Arkansas, uh, you know, on on Saturday against Florida. And after a slow start, Arkansas rolled. Uh, but Castleton's out for a year with the broken hand. Mike's, Mike Miles Jr. came back. He's back two games now. They're one and one. Just couldn't buy a bucket from two uh, against Kansas uh, in Fort Worth on uh, Monday night. Uh, we talked about Justin Moore, but the other one? Did you notice what happened in Fayetteville last night? Nick Smith drops 26. We've been watching. We've been waiting. 26. Now, here's the, here's the million-dollar question. Georgia is horrible, especially on the road, and our buddy Bruce Marshall pointed that out. But is this going to stick? Can Smith put out 2022 a game moving forward? I don't think so, but I'm a skeptic. I will say that. I mean, I, I hope so. I love this Arkansas team in general. Like, they're very fun to watch when they play well. And if you add – a, a kid of the talent of Nick Smith to that group. I mean, there's a reason they were a preseason top 10 team in the country. And there were a reason like us college basketball maniacs who just obsess over this sport were even higher on them because it, right. they were going to look like the old, like 10 years ago, John Calipari teams with how much five-star talent they have in this group. And we just never really got to see it. Like that's the truth of the season has been that um, Nick Smith has just been so in and out of the lineup, but mostly out of the lineup that it, it, there's been no consistency. They've had a bunch of injuries as well beyond him. So I don't know. I think like it was great to see him play well last night. I love that. And if I can see that two, three games in a row, then he'll start to get my attention. I just don't trust him, to be honest with you. Like I, I would be shocked if he's not back out of the lineup for the next two weeks and then it becomes, is he back in for the SEC tournament? Who knows? I don't know. But uh, I hope it happens because I love watching a good must team. And this one has the potential to, with how open the season is, not only make the Final Four, but win a national championship if he's healthy and playing. So I hope that it happens for college basketball fans everywhere. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a strange game log. We talked about this yesterday. The first, it's, that was his fourth game back or fourth game basically playing for the season, uh, 17 minutes, four minutes, and then 32 minutes against Florida. 
and then 26 points last night. Again, it's Georgia, but boy, they got a uh, an interesting stretch down the road. It gives them a chance. It gives them a chance. I mean, we we've been talking about it so much, and at, at one point, it's like Zion Williams. Well, just write him off. I mean, you can't. You know, you just gotta gotta move on. But he gives them a chance, and now they get into the teeth at Tuscaloosa, at Knoxville, at home to close out against Kentucky and then the SEC tournament. Let's get to your picks, and we'll start off with a good one at uh, 6.30 Eastern on FS1. Big East just delivers. It, it, it seems like the, the the better teams are playing each other uh, this week as well. Providence and UConn, Cooley, they, they're so fun to watch. Um, again, I thought it was an overreaction to Villanova love as of late, a short three-point number on Saturday. Providence covered easily, winning by double digits. Now they travel to stores to take on the UConn Huskies. Where is this UConn team? Because they're in a group of, uh, you know, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 teams. And we're trying to figure out who's who. They started out so strong. They probably were overachieving at that point, um, you know, playing above expectation. Then they cooled off. Where exactly are they? They're at home tonight, and they're laying seven and a half against the Friars. Well, they certainly are one of the most talented teams in the country. We know that. As far as where they are right now, I think they're in a, a bit of a weird spot. And it reminds me of a team that's near and dear to my heart, where I'm going to overly uh, assert my Midwest fandoms here. But uh, they remind me of 2013 Michigan, that team that made the run in the national championship game. Uh, there was just no game the entire season where you would look at a team they were playing and say they weren't the most talented team from start to finish. That's what this UConn team, to me, feels like. And you could argue when they played Alabama, okay, they were not the most talented team in that game. But everything else sense. Like, you don't see a team with Adama Sonogo and Donovan Klingon off the bench and Jordan Hawkins and a point guard who can get triple doubles. Like, this team's awesome. And... The, that Michigan team, why I compare them to that is they ran through the non-conference. I think they were like 15-0, and 0, number one team in the country for a week. And then three weeks later, they're fifth place in the Big Ten. And they're just kind of out of the conference race. And it, everybody sort of jumps ship. And you don't know what to trust with this group. But then all of a sudden, the bright lights come back on in the NCAA tournament. And, oh, yeah, that's the best team in the country again. I think we could see that with UConn here. It's a weird situation when a team as good as them is four games back from first place in the conference. And conference plays a grind. We know this. Like, if you're not mentally there to compete for something that's realistically attainable, that can do some things, some mental gymnastics to guys on a team. They are playing better basketball than they were for that really horrible stretch, but five of their last seven home games have been decided by single digits right now. Providence, one game back of Marquette at the top of the Big East standings. They need this to hold serve. And look, anytime you get a touchdown, to, to use the football term, with Providence, you've got my attention. They've only lost three games this season by more than seven and a half points. If you just go back through their recent road games here, at St. John's, they lost by five. At Xavier, they lost by two. They beat Villanova on the road. At Creighton, by six. Like They just play close games. So I'm going to take the points in this spot. I'm certainly going to, I think, be happier watching the game because there's nothing more scary than when you need to cover like eight to ten points against an Ed Cooley team. It just feels like they're going to somehow pull it out and beat you. Uh, so I'll ride with Cooley on this one and take the points. 
is a uh, gambling term called honest in Providence is certainly that. I mean, when have you seen them just you know take a night off or have a low effort, you know, intensity rate? <laughs> the man on the sidelines does not uh, does not allow it. Um, so you know, you always they're always going to show up in sort of what the, that term means. Speaking of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. It's a million-dollar question, you know, when these things happen off the field, and certainly there's a level, a serious, a level of seriousness. And Nate Oates kind of talking out of turn and out of tone, and boy, the uh, Alabama uh, publicity folks have kind of tried to right this ship. Flat-out damage control effort with that release they put out, which was completely not in not correlated with his tone in his language earlier in the day. How does that affect the team on the court? That's the million-dollar question when we're coming to here and what we do. Uh, South Carolina's coming off of an uncharacteristic, sizzling afternoon down in Baton Rouge at the Maravich Assembly Center as they rolled out to an easy victory on the road as a seven-and-a-half-point dog. ESPN2, 9 o'clock Eastern tip-off, Bama on the road in Columbia, 17 and a half point favorites. Yeah, the situation's going to have to affect this. That's just sort of where I'm at mentally. I don't necessarily feel great that that's the angle I'm taking on this game, but uh, I think it's honest. And look, I've spent the last 24 hours trying to understand where Nate Oates might have been coming from. I mean, look, you could say they got off of practice and he was ambushed and he was unaware of exactly what information had gone public at that point from the the testimony to all of a sudden everyone on Twitter's talking about it and he was just not prepared that he was going to be thrown uh, under the spotlight like that. That's probably the most generous interpretation of what he said. Uh, but what he said was horrible, man. It just was. It was horrifically insensitive, regardless of if you're trying to protect your player and regardless of if you've truly been given the information that your player is not a suspect and he's innocent here. If you're truly aware that the gun was delivered from your best player to a person who then went and shot and killed a 23-year-old mother minutes later. I mean, what are we doing? To call that, uh, uh, his exact words, I believe, were wrong spot, wrong time. I mean, that's just horribly insensitive. So um, with all that said, like, this is going to have to hang over this team. Like, Nate Oates had to release a statement last night. Uh, Certainly now they've gone from this team that uh, arguably given the sad situation, like I think the narrative publicly was kind of, Oh, this team has come together and they kicked the guy off the team and they took the right steps. And it's so impressive what they're doing to now all of a sudden there's this disgusting feel to it and everyone's going to turn on their coach. Um, Brandon Miller. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how he's going to come out and perform tonight because uh, given what we know now, it's honestly insane that he's performed at the level he has on the basketball court in the last month. I mean, we're talking about a guy who likely witnessed a murder that he may or may not have had a hand in and then just rolled the ball out and played two days later and has scored 20 points in like every game since. At some point, this is going to just crash. And I think, you know, the basketball side of this alone, South Carolina's playing pretty well. I mean, four of their last five, they've covered. Alabama one and three against their spread in their last four games. 17 and a half points is a ton of points for a team that could be distracted in a hundred different ways tonight to need to cover. So I will take the 17 and a half points. And like I said, I have a gross taste in my mouth that that's my reasoning for it, but I think it's probably one of the smarter bets on the board today. Yeah. Alabama, um, you know, on the basketball side of things, uh, Miller 
maybe their best player that's ever come through that program. Um, uh, he, I think he's having the best college season to, to, to point. I mean, uh, on to the N- NBA, Latrell Sprewell was probably, when he was in his prime, was really, really strong. Or he with all his rings, but Sprewell was the most dynamic player. But here you go. And I know one thing, this is the best team they've ever had. I can promise you that. So they are, uh, you know, it's in all of a sudden it's just, and Oates is, Oates is, hey man, the world is round, bro. Little karma here, man. He likes to get after others and call people out. So he is, uh, he's in a tough spot. We'll see how this does because it is hard to win basketball games in the shadow of that football program uh, on the capstone in Tuscaloosa. We'll see how it affects the boot, the basketball play. Last pick uh, of the night. Let's go to the Big Ten. What the hell is going on in Iowa City? What was that on Sunday night? The McCaffrey breakdown. We got the kid. We got the coach. What, what's going on? Everybody's getting teed up. I mean, Wisconsin on Saturday. Mm, boy, I tell you what, it all depends what line you had. I had some friends that had minus one in Wisconsin. I actually found plus one and a half. So I'll take the one-point loss against Rutgers on Saturday. It's a late one on the Big Ten Network, 9 o'clock Eastern. So Wisconsin... After the one-point loss to Rutgers, back on their home floor in Madison, catching one against the Hawkeyes. I just want to say that's why you're the best in the business, Jimmy. When you when you discover a, a plus one and a half line for Wisconsin, and you get that cover, man. That's you're the only person on earth I'd expect to be able to pull that move off. I'm not at the beach. I'm not at the parade. I'm not on the slopes. I mean, I got to do something, Greg. You earned it, my friend. Uh, I, I don't know if you know this, Jimmy. I, you actually have uh, an exclusive here by bringing me on the show for this game today. I'm confident in saying that I might be the only person on earth that watched both of these teams this past weekend. I watched Wisconsin host Rutgers in that game. I watched Iowa at Northwestern the next day. And I feel perfectly prepared to analyze where these two teams are at. And I'm taking the road team in this one. I'm taking the Hawkeyes. Wisconsin is a mess right now. Absolute mess. And uh, I I think it's kind of lost in the fact that, like, oh, Rutgers is a pretty good team. That's not that horrible of a loss for Wisconsin. It was a horrible loss. Rutgers was missing two starters. Caleb McConnell was scratched right when the game Uh. started. And Mawat Mag's been out for three weeks, and they've been horrible since Mag was out, let alone without McConnell, who's their best two-way player. Rutgers is not at all the team they've been all season. I mean, that was the ugliest game we've seen of the the 10-stop road trip we've done this year. And I could not have been less impressed with Wisconsin. The fact that they were even in that game surprised me, and it spoke to how depleted Rutgers was. On the other hand, Iowa, I mean, they got ran out of the gym at Northwestern, But that was about Northwestern really playing great. It was a raucous environment. Northwestern is now the second best team in the Big Ten. They've lost five games in the conference the entire season, a half game behind Purdue. They're tough right now. And Iowa is not the toughest team. Things can snowball when things go out of their way. But when you match Iowa up with a team that is just not as talented as them, they typically are able to get things going offensively and run them out of the gym a little bit. So uh, I was 5-2 and two in their last seven. Uh, to my point, those two losses were at Purdue and at Northwestern. Hello, top two teams in the conference. Uh, Wisconsin is far from that right now. They are 0-8 in their last eight games against top 45 teams in the country. And uh, it, to speak to this point, their last win against a team that's in the top 45 was Iowa. At Iowa without Chris Murray. I was also at that game two and a half months ago. So 
And, and they needed overtime to beat Iowa without their best player. I uh, I just think there's a huge discrepancy here. I expect Iowa to bounce back really nicely, really strongly, whereas I think Wisconsin is headed towards a crash-and-burn finish to their season. All right. Uh, so uh, we like the, the, the Hawkeyes uh, there. Let me ask you another Big Ten question because speaking of the Hawkeyes, at Sunday night 80-60 to 60 win by Northwestern. Five in a row for Northwestern. They handle the court storm of Purdue by following it up with the Indiana win and then an Iowa blowout. And has, has the odds makers caught up and then maybe exceeded it? Where is the value or is are you dealing with inflated lines with this all of a sudden this red-hot Northwestern Wildcat team who's won and covered five in a row in the Big Ten? You know, I, I haven't noticed too much of line inflation with them at this point. I mean, the, part of that is because I just think they've been playing so dang good. And uh, I think I've I've sort of rode that wave, to be honest with you. And I think I'm still in a space where I'm looking to ride it more. Their next game's tomorrow. They go at Illinois. They've got just a torturous schedule down the stretch. At Illinois, at Maryland, at Rutgers in three of their final four. Um, so we will see. Maybe that might be the first moment. Like if they open up in, in the three, four-point underdog range at Illinois, that's where I'd start to feel a little uneasy about it. But uh, my expectation with the way they've been valued would be that they're catching you know seven, seven and a half points on the road in that game. And I think that's worth looking at, man. They've got two guards that can just go get you 20 points. And sometimes they do it in the same game. And I don't think there's many teams in the country that have that definitely not the big 10. Uh, I, I said this last night, I sound crazy. I really think this Northwestern team can make a sweet 16. I really, really do. They're surging, um, man. They're I surging. Mean, they, they are, they are really, really good. And I mean, it's, they just destroyed uh, Iowa. Uh, I mean, from jump uh, on Sunday night, we're just coming to, just kind of hitting the top of the stretch uh, here. As we come down to stretch in this college basketball season, every Wednesday picks, and angles to help make your picks every Wednesday here on G Wizzy Wednesdays with Greg Waddell from the field of 68. 16, 17, 16, 7, and 1 on the season. Let's keep it going. For Greg Waddell, I'm Jimmy Otto, the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.